0: I've been sharing with you now for a while about mercy triumphing over judgment. And oh, the devil hates mercy, but God loves mercy. And all of God's mercy that we saw through David, he messed up big time. He murdered, he committed adultery, he framed, he lied. He did so many things. And the prophet called him on it and he repented. And after he repented, it says he arose from the ground. He got out of that place. I'm not going to stay who I was anymore. He washed Himself. He anointed Himself. And then we got to where He changed His clothes. And when you see changing of the clothes, it means to be restored into a relationship. It means to, to have the glory return in a personal presence of the God who dwells in you. It means to be made fit to enter into the presence of God. To be made fit. Do you know that when you accepted Christ and He's covered you, He's made you fit to go into His promise. And it means to, that, that you're not held back by what defiled you, and that you can enter into a new covenant with him. Are you thankful for that today? I'm so thankful that my identity is not in who I was. My identity is in who he is. And that will never change. And as we get ready to share the word today, we've had this message for the last two weeks. Brother Jake helped me. and He made these PowerPoints, so I don't want you to think I just made these because there's something about this message I asked my wife when she got home last night, I said, what did uh, Sister Beth teach on? Because the ladies that went to hear Beth more. I said, what did they teach on? And she said that she, they taught on the accuser. I said, oh, the accuser. I said, what was her scripture? She says, why? I said, why was her scripture? It was Zechariah chapter 3. And for two weeks, of course, I've got my introduction here. But Zechariah chapter 3 is supposed to have been my first scripture today. Just to confirm what Sister Beth was teaching. Some of you ladies are getting a second dose. So I want $65 a piece too. She gave you the feminine side. I'm going to give you the masculine side. So by what I did in first service. We'll drop it down to $45 a piece. But there is something. There's something about understanding. Understanding. When David changed his clothes, what he was able to go into. And There's something for you to see to hear today. And, and, and as Sister Beth brought so many things out, I know, and, and we probably repeat some things, but I want you to see, same Holy Spirit, but I want you ladies to know, you're hearing it for the third day for a reason. There's going to be a double portion upon the ladies, the end time maidens, the word of God calls you. You know a lot more about clothing and fixing and repairing than men do. Uh, uh, most men. And there is something that God's going to do supernaturally in your lives to help men, your families, and your relationships. There's something about when you start over again. In, in Argentina, before I get into this, in Argentina, we had a young man who got saved. He was a transvestite. And he won the award in the state of Salta as, as the prettiest transvestite pageant award or whatever you I don't even know what you would call that and he got he came to church he heard the mercy of God he got saved he started telling others he got saved and I remember after he got born again he was still having a little limp in his wrist and he would go Jesus and I'd slap his hands and I go we don't do that in here real men do like this hallelujah so I became a daddy to him, and not just a pastor. Every time he'd go like this, I go, "We don't do that. We don't do that." So we taught him the word, and we trained him. You know, straighten that up. And he got so close to the Lord that he came to church one day and says, "Pastor," and, and this may sound funny to mo- most people, but it's, it's not in before heaven. She said, "He said, Pastor, I sold all my high heel shoes and all my dresses and." All my feminine clothes, I, got, I gave them to my cousins and I got rid of them all because of what Jesus had done in my life. When you guess, when you get born again, he'll change your identity and he'll change your clothes. And here we find this high priest and the angel showed me Yeshua or Yeshua. It's the same name as Jesus. Jesus represents the one who was accused and he represents the one who broke the accusation. The angel showed me Yeshua, Yeshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And that word angel of the Lord means the angel of his face or Christ. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand making accusations against Yeshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations. Satan, yes, the Lord, who has chosen Jerusalem, who has chosen Jerusalem, rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from fire. I want you to know that what Jesus calls clean, no man or no devil can call unclean. And it talks here about Yeshua was here, standing as a criminal to be judged. And Satan stands. And what's interesting is I looked up that word stands in the Hebrew. And it means to live up to the full measure of your name. And in the Hebrew it actually says, Satan was Satan to him. The accuser was the accuser to him. Satan was living up to the very root of his name, of his hate, and of his rebellion. Satan is living up to, as we see today, he is living up totally to what his name means. He's accusing, he's got the nerve, he's got the audacity to even go before God and accuse somebody who doesn't even belong to him, who belongs to God. He's got the audacity in that word accusation, it means, it means to aggravate and to make worse of it. Have you had anybody, have you ever made a mistake and somebody made worse of it than it really was? I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you done that. You really did that. Who does that? Have you ever been aggravated by somebody like that? They just know how to keep ringing you through the ringer. I can't believe you said that. Do you, do you know nobody talks that way? Nobody, nobody does that. Nobody would dare. Somebody like you, you, oh, you shouldn't even be in church. Who, would you, who do you think you are to even be in church doing what you did, saying what you said, and you still smell the weed, you still smell the alcohol. I can still smell where you were last night. And you got the nerve to be in church? That's the voice of the accuser. That's the voice of the devil being the devil. That's the voice of the devil. Just, just bothering, just aggravating. How I many? The devil just wants to aggravate you. You're in church and you see somebody getting free and and you see this drama and you hear the worship and you go, but I can never be that way. I I don't feel that free. I can never worship in freedom. I'm this, I'm that and the other. And it's just the voices and he's aggravating you. He'll come to you in your dreams and remind you. And you have people say, Pastor, I feel so guilty. I'm dreaming uh, of my old girlfriend. I'm dreaming uh, of my old boyfriend. I'm dreaming of what I did. I'm dreaming of some of the things I participated in. I'm dreaming uh, of the drugs I took. I have these dreams at night. And all of a sudden I'm in church and I'm even thinking about how boy I could use a drink right now, or you know, <laughs> or you know, I wish I could do this, and you hear all these type of things, and people are going, and I'm just being w- real with you this morning, all these different minds, and the enemy's just trying to pester you and aggravate you. This word accuse, not only to accuse you of what you've done, but to make it worse than it really is. And he was before God to try to make it worse about Joshua, worse than it really was. And he was just giving it all he had in opposition. And and the thing about the devil is this way. He loves not only to tempt you, he'll tempt you, make you fall, Then he's the first one to run to God to accuse you and blame you. I don't know about y'all, but I had some aunts when I was five years old. I had an aunt who was 15, another aunt that was 17. They were still teenagers. And I had an uncle who was something else. (laughs) And they would love to make me or dare me to do something And then I do it, then they're running back in the house to tell my grandma and everybody else what I did. But they're the ones who dared me to do it. It it is something Then when you grew up, you became teenagers, your friends would dare you. Hey, when that girl goes to sit down, pull the chair out from under. And so, you know, we're in the choir. I I really did this. We're in the choir. And the pastor daughter goes, bless her heart, she goes to sit down. And we had metal chairs in the choir. She goes to sit down. And so I pull the chair and she falls on the floor in front of everybody. Well, the pastor's wife came after me, and I ran on the table, and she was going to grab me and beat me. But anyway, they they dared me, and then after I did it, they're all pointing. It was Russell. Yeah, but y'all dared me. Yeah, but we didn't make you do it. And that's the job of the accuser. He'll tempt you. You'll do it. Then he runs, ah, they did it. Listen to what they did. Look what you did. Yeah, but you tempted me. Yeah, but who made you listen? Who made you do it? He'll tempt you, then he'll accuse you. And he'll always try to beat you down. He's the adversary, the accuser. But God wants to reestablish you. And there's some people here today. You've fallen, you've made some mistakes. God wants to restore you and reestablish you. But the devil's doing everything he can to try to hinder God. But God doesn't pay him any attention. He's doing everything to say that you cannot go forward in your life. You cannot expect anything better than what you've had. And listen, when you get born again, you can expect that the devil, you can expect there's going to be resistance in your life. He doesn't want you to be free. He doesn't want you to grow spiritually. He doesn't want your dreams to come true. He doesn't want you to be happy. He doesn't want you to succeed. He doesn't want you to get over the failure, the mistake that you made. He wants to keep reminding you over and over again of everything you've done. But he's come to set you free. And he wants to break the resistance of the enemy. Listen to this. In, In the concordance it says, a victorious defense is made for you. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Even Michael the angel wouldn't say, I'd rebuke you. Let God rebuke you. But here the Lord is rebuking him. Satan here is checked by one who has the authority and has conquered him. And many a time have silenced him. His suggestions against them as well as his suggestions to them. How many of the devil will try to suggest things to you? That you're this and you're that this morning. That you're unworthy. that you'll never be anything. But listen, the word goes on to say, the Lord the creator, the power of God that is engaged by the grace of God. He is restrained restraining thy like malicious rage he rejects your malicious charge and the revenge of thee and thy enmity to the servant is broken he does not and listen i love this this is old english he does not parlay with him nor stops with his mouth immediately his re, repression is sharp and the lord rebukes the enemy and i looked up that word parlay and uh you know how many saw caribbean parts of the caribbean Anybody saw Pars of the Caribbean? Well, the word parlay was on there. And what was interesting, when you look it up in the Wikipedia, that whenever they, when they want to make a truce, they raise a white flag. But whenever they want to do a parlay, they would raise a black flag. And the black flag meant parlay. And when you look at the definition, it says, God does not have, ever have or will hold a conference with Satan over your life. They're mine. Yeah, but I want to talk to you about your servant. No, you just shut up. Be silenced. I'm not meeting. I'm never meeting with you. I'm never going to debate about them. They're mine. I chose them. You cannot take them out of my hand. There's nothing you can do to make me stop loving them. There's nothing they can do to make me stop loving them. Yes, I may hate the sin, but when I get a hold of them, I will separate them from the sin, but I will never separate from them. I have an everlasting love for them, and I will never have a conference between you and I or the opposing sides. I will never argue or dispute over them. I will never change my my decision and terms of love for them I will never negotiate over them I will never have a conference over them I will never have a discussion over them and I will never have a powwow over them I don't care what you are blaming them or condemning them over it is not up for discussion I have, they have asked me for my forgiveness I have forgiven them and I have cleansed them by my blood and I am ready now to change them and make them whole and there is no talking me out of it there is no changing my mind once I have set my love who is my adversary let him come near to me who is he that accuses let him come near to me I the Lord God have made a decision to wipe out their stains and wipe out their sins I'm the Lord God will not be to have come to to have a change of my mind of how much I love them, how much I care for them. They are my children. They're marked for me forever. There is nothing they can do to make me stop loving them. And I will love them forever because I gave my life for them and I shed my blood for them and I will never cease from loving them. Hallelujah. I will never have a conference with the opposing side. I will not negotiate and I will not deliberate their mind. Somebody shout out, I'm his. his. Somebody shout out, I'm his forever. forever. The enemy comes in to accuse. Just wants to just say all kind of matter of things. But the Bible says that the Lord says, a number of times he says, I rebuke you. And that word rebuke there means something accomplished by his power. How many of you know that when Jesus would rebuke the devils, there was no place for them to hide. They would run. When Jesus would speak to Satan and say, I rebuke you. And I I rebuke you, spirit of torment, or whatever it may be. It had to leave because he would rebuke it. So it means to accomplish by his power. To actually suppress. And it means to blast. Somebody shout out blast. Blast his accusations. When I read that, I started thinking about how many ever uh, shot skeet. Did skeet shooting with a shotgun, and and when they set up that little. Uh apparatus they would put those skeets on there and you say pull I know at uh, Woodworth they have two of them at the same time and they say pull and those skeets go out and you have to shoot them and aim towards them and shoot them and you blast them out of the air well that's what God does every time the enemy comes in let me tell you about Baron he blasted every time let me tell you about he blasted let me tell you what he blasted I don't even want to hear it I don't even want to see it I'm not even going to let it hit the ground I'm not going to let it even hit my ears I'm not even going to pay any attention about what you have the minute that Satan says pull I shoot it right when it's coming out of there because I'm the God who blasts things out of the air I'm not even given a chance to get it to my ears you will not change my love or attitude towards my people now not very many people raise their hands about skeet shooting so let me give you another example that we're all familiar with most of us I don't know about you but I'm a Marvel Comics fan and how many of you like Iron Man any Iron Man lovers here Okay, got a few more Iron Man. Okay, listen, this is the thing I like about Iron Man. Is that Iron Man's got some power in his hands. And whenever he puts his hands out, something's going down. So if you don't understand shooting skeet, you can understand Iron Man. That the minute the devil comes and says, well, you know what he's been... Do you know what she's been... Talk to the hand. There's power in the hand. There's deliverance in the hand. The truth is in the hand. The power of the Almighty is in the hand. You're not changing my mind towards them. To stand. I told you that standing means to be all, to live like all the name represents. Well, I want you to know something. Ephesians chapter 6 says for us to stand. to live in what all the name Jesus represents to stand in the power of his might to stand in the armor of God let me tell you something about the armor of God right quick with Iron Man there was a thing that Iron Man Tony Stark said out of the suit they said but who are you out of the suit he says me and the suit are one me and the suit are one well I want you to know me and Jesus is one so Satan can try to come against me all he wants to, but I've had a change of clothes, I've lost the chains I've lost the shackles, I've lost the old dirty clothes, and now I'm clothed in a robe of righteousness, and I have the armor of God, me and the Lord, and the armor of the Lord are one, I make the suit and he, the suit makes me and no weapon formed against you will prosper, because you are one with the suit, so give it up baby, right now, and know that the power of God is on the inside of you so when the devil comes or somebody tries to say bring something up in the past you just go talk to the hand glory to God talk to the hand praise God I I couldn't get it up there today because I read this this morning but let me read this to you right quick in Romans chapter 8 verse 30 Romans chapter 8 verse 30 listen to this And having chosen them, somebody shout out, I'm chosen. He chose you, not because you were good enough, not because of your past, not because of your bloodline. It just says, and having chosen them, He called them to come to Him. And having called them, He gave them, listen to this, He gave them right standing with Himself. I don't care what the devil has to do. You are my priest. My son through his blood has made you a priest and a king through me. And you have right standing with me. And having given them that right standing. He gave them his glory. Hallelujah. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us who can ever be against us? Can I hear an amen in the house? if God has set you right with Him because you've accepted His Son, you've accepted Him because you've gone before God, you're standing before Him as a son and daughter of the Most High God the devil has no authority to prophesy or speak over your future you belong to God, God belongs to you, the life that He's promised is yours and the devil can accuse you, lie about you, bother you aggravate you, make it worse than it really is about you, but in the name of Jesus I am coming out of this I am going to get out of this situation because I am in right standing with God and it goes on to say God as far as who can be against us verse 32 since he did not spare even his own son but gave him up for us all won't he also give us everything else listen to verse 33 who dares accuse us whom God has chosen as his own who can accuse us the answer is here no one for God himself has given us the right standing with himself. Verse 34. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and raised us to life for us and is sitting in the place of honor on God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Dude, can you answer that right now? Can anything separate you from the love of Christ? Can anything? Does it mean he can no longer love us if we have trouble and calamities? No. Or persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. No. As the scriptures say, we were slaughtered all day for Him. Verse 37. No, but despite all of these things, overwhelming victory. Somebody shout out, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Verse 38. Now, I am convinced. I am convinced. Shout out with me. I am convinced. I am convinced that nothing can separate me from God's love. Say it with me. I'm convinced that nothing past, present, or future, nothing past, present, or future, again, nothing past, present, or future can separate me from God's love. Neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither fears for today, nor worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you believe that, can you give the Lord praise right now? Just praise Him for it. Just praise Him for it. Nothing can separate you you know you might have heard of Martin Luther who translated the book from Latin to German because he wanted everyone to be able to read the Bible in in their language and to hear about redemption and so he translated he was in this room hiding so they wouldn't find him and kill him and he was translating the Bible which we have today because of Martin Luther and there he was translating it and and one night over a period over two years he was working on it and Satan appeared to him and threw this long list of sins before him and, and started telling Martin Luther you're guilty of all these sins how dare you believe that the redemption of God is enough and you don't have to pay for your sin how can you go against the church how can you change things how, who, who are you with all of these sins to think that you can start a reformation who are you to think that you are even worthy to write the bible or to tell people about the plan of Christ who are you and the devil told, showed him all of these sins and Martin Luther wrote this in his journal he said it is true Satan and many more sins which I committed in my life Which are known to God only. But with it all. Beyond your list. It's written on the bottom of your list. The blood of Jesus. God's son. Cleanses us from all sins. And it says that Martin Luther grabbed the bottle of ink and threw it at where the devil was standing and the ink hit the wall and splattered on the wall and even to this day you can see in that room when you go on tour there there's an ink spot and they said the ink spot left a memorial of Martin Luther winning his battle over Satan. Well I want you to know we have a better spot than an ink spot. We've got the blood covering of Jesus Christ that says that his blood cleanses us from all sins. If you're glad that you're forgiven can I hear an amen hallelujah he has cleansed us he's brought us like I said into his closet he's fashioned us and he's given us a new life it goes on to say here in the next verse it says where am I I know where you are It says Joshua's clothing was filthy. Let me tell you something. Not only does that word filthy means that it was full of dung, but also they had to wear their clothes according to their sin. And then their clothes had to show mourning over what they had sinned about. You might have remembered the pilgrims would put an A over their chest that would represent. This woman had a scarlet stain; she was stained with adultery. You might have seen the commercial about Miracle rip, Whip, and and, and 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 they have a sign walking around with Miracle Whip. Well, they had to wear clothes that meant they were mourning over their sin. And Joshua or Jos- Josiah is standing here with clothing saying that he is stained and humiliated and intimidated in mourning over his sin. There's too many Christians. You live mourning over your sin. It's time to remove the mourning clothes and put on the garments of praise and thank God that that is not you anymore. So the angel said to the other or the other angels standing there, take off his filthy clothes and turn it to Josiah, he said see, I have taken away your clothes and now I'm giving you these new fine clothes, and I, this is still Jesus talking, then I said, they should also place a clean turban upon his head, They, they shall put a clean priestly turban on his head and they dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by, how many of you know that when you get born again the angels of God strip you of your old clothes and put onto you the clothes of Jesus Christ where's Robin Robin can you help me a minute come here bro hey you wear a 42 regular right yeah, come on where's my oil I want to show you what happened come up here bud. I want to show you what happened when David arose from the ground it says he repented he arose then he said he washed himself and the angels come and they start applying the blood of Jesus. Then it says they came. And then it says, and David anointed him. He anointed his mind. He anointed his ears, his mouth, his hands, his feet, his heart. He poured upon him the oil of God. And then he said, put on him the robe of righteousness. And then he put on him. It's sweaty, but I know you're a Marine, you don't care. <laughs> and he put on his robe. And Jesus doesn't see the filthy clothes anymore. God doesn't see the filthiness of the sin or the stain of it anymore. He sees his son Jesus in his image. And he tells the angels, oh, you look fine. Oh, you look good. You got heaven's name brand on. I dressed you like I dressed my priest with the finest. Then he told the angels who attended him, nope, that's not enough. And it's not just a turban, not just a towel they put up his head. It's in the Hebrew. It was a crown of a king or a prince. They said, put the crown upon his head. Because I don't only want you clean, I want you looking good. <laughs> I want you representing heaven. I want you representing me. I don't want you going around in that filthy clothes and in the memory and, and mourning over what you did. I want to give you a new life. I don't want to give you a new beginning. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my son that I have redeemed, I have refurnished, and I have called by my name. This is my son. I've written his name in the Lamb's book of life. This is my cleansed. This is my anointed. This is my highly used by me. No accusation the minute the enemy would want to accuse. I'll shoot it down because he's wearing my clothes. Since he's wearing my clothes, he's one with me. He makes the clothes and the clothes makes him. He is one with the clothes. He is not going to be the righteous of God, right standing with me. He is in right standing with me. We are arm in arm. We are one we are blood bought he is my son I am his redeemer nothing can come between us nothing can separate us because I've redeemed him he called upon my name and I reached him and I rescued him and I changed his life forever thank you my brother hallelujah you can keep the coat afterwards so they changed his clothes he brought you into his closet you're not that person you used to be you're a totally changed and transformed person the priest had to dress the best in the Old Testament. You are dressed with God's best. When God looks at you, He's not looking at the outward. He's looking at the spiritual that He's made you of. He's made you of His right standing. He does, he's done away with the filthiness that separated you and, and brought it between you. He now looks upon you clean and He looks upon you great. And I want you to see this in Romans thirteen fourteen. Instead, clothe yourself. Say that with me. Clothe yourself with the presence of the lord jesus christ now listen there's a higher call calling in your life than just being a believer just being a christian there's something greater than just coming to church it's about clothing ourselves and becoming and putting on jesus christ becoming once with him instead clothe yourselves with the presence somebody shout the presence clothe yourselves with the presence the attitude The character and the love of Jesus Christ. Clothe yourselves with His presence. Submit to Him. And there's something very interesting with this word clothe. It means a protective coating. And when you study it in modern terms and you you investigate it, it is also the word galvanized. Help me remember the pipes in the old days. They used to not be galvanized, and you put them in the ground, and over a period of time, they would rust. Sometimes we'd go help our grandparents out, and they'd had ran old gas pipes or water lines, and they weren't galvanized. And over time, the ground would start causing them to rust and decay, and pretty soon you'd start having leaks and all that because the pipes were not coated, they were not galvanized. But then they came out with ga- galvanized. Uh, pipes and galvanized chains which the galvanize the covering the coating would not allow them to be rust or break. When you got born again right here, when you clothe yourself with the presence of Jesus Christ, there's no weapon of the enemy that will be able to rust through or penetrate the coating of the protection of the blood of Jesus Christ. What can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ? What can cause you to return into a curse when God has blessed you? What can cause you to enter that realm where you're, where you're walking into a new realm where you're galvanized and you're protected by God, what words, what thoughts what attitudes can take you out of the hands of God, not even Satan himself can appear before you or God and say that you are a worthless individual that you are a sinner you no longer call yourselves a sinner you are a saint of the most high God, bought in the precious blood of the Lamb and you are in right standing with God, you are coated with the presence of God I'd go into places where they'd be doing their their voodoo rituals and they'd be playing their drums and there was these two to three hundred pound women who would be dancing. And They would bend down and they could actually go all the way backwards. Their back would totally just bend down in the middle and they would just do all kind of Supernatural stuff and weird stuff and I went around with my tape recorder because we didn't have a video back in the 80s And I went around my tape recorder and I walk in there and I record it and I take some pictures And I was standing there listening and people said weren't you scared why be scared of the devil when you're galvanized? I mean, why be scared of curses and voodoo and Satanism and witchcraft? Why be scared of these things when you're coated by the supernatural power of God? Clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge in your evil desires. I know where those thoughts are coming from. They're coming from the enemy. Now look at this. And I'll come to a close here. Look what it says here. Put on. I have to do it. Put on your new nature and be renewed. As you learn, as you learn, as you learn, somebody says, "Yeah, you can talk about not being condemned, but I know what you did." Wait a minute. I'm still learning. I'm still learning more about Christ. I'm being re- I'm still being renewed. I didn't say I was perfect. I'm just forgiven. I'm putting on Christ. I'm learning the new nature. My mind is being renewed. As I learn to know your creator. And what? Become like him. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. It goes on to say. In this new life. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew. Or a Gentile. Circumcised. Uncircumcised. Barbaric. Uncivilized. Slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Now listen. Since God, here we go. Since God, God chose you. Since God chose you. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. But I'm not holy. Yes, you are put on Christ, you're forgiven. Your sin doesn't separate you from God. God just wants to separate you from your sin. He's clothed you in righteousness. He chose you as a holy people. He loves. You must clothe yourselves. Now, this is how I know I'm dressed. Tender hearted. Mercy. Kindness. Humility. Gentleness. And patience. This is how I know. I've got my righteous clothes on. How am I treating. And speaking about others. You do not want to be like that prince. And walk around naked. And everybody tells you you've got the finest clothes on. You want to be clothed with Christ. And here it is. Mercy, tenderheartedness, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Verse 13. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. That's how you know. If you're dressed for success. That's how you know. If you're dressed to make it. Making allowances. Now wait a minute. I'm I'm not going to be quick to judge. And I'm not going to be like the accuser and accuse. And I'm not going to place the blame. I'm going to make allowances for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must, there's the clothes, forgive others. Verse 14, above all, and here's this word again, above all, clothe yourselves with love. Which binds us all together in perfect harmony. It's not the casting out the devils. It's not knocking Satan backwards. It's about forgiving, making allowances, and walking in love. This is how they'll know you're my disciples. Not how bad you are and how much you do for me. It's about how much you can forgive, overlook, and love. That's the sign of a clothed, righteous person. Would you stand please? As you bow your heads and close your eyes. I know you like I. I desire to clothe myself like Christ. I want to be like Christ. I desire to be one with him. And we say all the time. Lord I want to be like you. Make me like you. Help me to respond like you. Help me to think like you. Help me to humble myself when I could exalt myself. Help me to be tender hearted. Help me to walk in humility. And above all, help me to clothe myself in love that I may resemble you. We pray this today, Father. We ask you that the angels remove the old hard shell and you clothe us in your tenderness and your love and your kindness and your mercy as you're teaching us not to reveal back not to get back not to be an accuser and molest or bother but father to love all men give us your grace to do this in ourselves we can't but with you we can't because You forgave and You loved us. Help us to forgive and love others. And your head are bowed and your eyes are closed. I want to ask you today. If you're here today and you're not saved. You know you're living in sin and you know that you're not doing what's right. But you would like to make it right with God. If you're here today. And you just. You want to do right but you just can't. You want to be a new person. You want to be rescued. You want the Lord to you want to be in right standing. You want to be in good with God. This is our we've got to be in good with God. If that's you and you say, please, I need prayer right now. I need deliverance in my life. I need freedom. I need love. I, I need salvation. I need rescuing. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Anybody else today? Raise your hand real high so I can see. Anyone else today? God bless you. I saw you. I saw you the whole time I was preaching. I saw you. The Spirit of God was showing me you. God bless you. Anyone else, would you too, would you come? Anyone else, would you, that you want to give your life to Christ, do you want to surrender, would you come today? Anyone else at all? Jesus, I come to you. My Lord and my Savior, you gave your life for me. Thank you for, Lord, loving me so much now. I give my life. to.